Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sheen Badness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've kind of been finding myself speaking like this a whole lot lately. That's probably what I should have done. Well, you sound like you're a 1950s radio Welcome presenter. Welcome to Seed Partners. Has Porky Pig joined me <laughs> on g- this g- g- podcast? No, that's the wrong guy. <laughs> He came at me with a tama 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 hatchet. <laughs> Why? <did> I... <laughs> oh, all right. So here we are. You know, I've had uh, today. I've been thinking a lot about adults and the fact okay. that I'm a, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of like overall in life, but it's probably because I spend so much time around children, mm-hmm. in the the pack fact that that's my job, not in like a weird way. But yeah, that's like you know, I just you're a teacher. We I'm should a say teacher. That. Yeah. Um, I feel like if people are have made it this to this episode, they know. Oh, we're at twenty six, which means well, I guess technically twenty seven because of the uh the the furlough week because of the ice storm. But we're yeah. technically number wise, we're at twenty six, which puts us at. Fifty percent of a year. We've oh been doing this for God. six months. I, but back I, to your adult problem. Oh, okay, and then I'll come back to this. Yeah. So adults, I like I'm one of them, and one that's just hard to wrap my head around. You still feel like a kid, don't you? Well, yeah, and I'll be I'll be at school and stuff, and the kids are like looking at me, like I'm responsible, and like the other day, we're in adult class, and that other adult called me sir. I was like, <laughs> that's right. Mr. Cody, sir. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how old are you? 20. I'm uncomfortable. I Do I seem that much more like, am I that much older than you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> to I be mean, fair, you're though. so right. To be fair, though, he I thought he was in high school. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, he just, I think he, he just graduated high school last year. So I don't know how old that is. 19, 18, 19. Something I don't know. like that, but still called me, sir. It was just so strange. And I know that happens a lot down here in the South because that's just a thing. And I do that to people too, but still I felt ancient, but then I started thinking about it and I, I guess I am older, but it's just strange to think that when my parents were my age, I was attending their birthdays of sound mind <laughs> and <laughs> giving them gifts that I like, you know, purposefully got for them. Yeah. Because I was old enough to do those things. And now I'm in that place. And if they were in any shape, like where my mindset is, I just, I would have never thought. I thought they were so responsible. Yeah. Clearly they weren't, if they were anything like me. <laughs> um, but I, you know, just like the week of adults, like we started our adult class. Which was awesome. And I have to say, uh, as this will air Thursday, and um, past Chris will be speaking to present Chris. You, you, you are enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it was it was strange because you gave us the monologues and they're they're Shakespearean monologues, and I immediately it. I don't think it would have mattered if it were contemporary or not. I think I just immediately became nervous because it was like, do Ooh. I still have the faculties to do this? I haven't yeah. done this in so long to to learn a line or memorize a monologue. And that's kind of why I'm excited about. When I do those adult classes, I think it's important to start with Shakespeare. And I think some people might disagree with me, but I feel like jumping into something that your mind already perceives as difficult Mm -hmm. and like something that you can't do. Yeah. 
and then doing it and realizing, oh, wait, I can do this. Then after that, when we go into contemporary monologues, people just go at it gangbusters. Yeah. It also just gives you such a good starting point, I think. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where this group of people goes. Oh, I'm very um, excited. It's a fun group. It is a really fun group of, of people. And I, I just I am impressed. And I don't know that if it's because people were wanting acting classes and I'm going to say that that's what it was. That reason why we had so many people <laughs> that we got, you know, like you know, a decent amount of people. Yeah. Um, and that we did that with adults. It was just in this area is not normal. <laughs> yeah. That we would have that many people be interested. So I'm like, I don't know if it's that people really wanted acting class or they're just that tired of being at home. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Maybe okay. a little bit of both. I'll, I'll do anything at this point. <laughs> I'll sign up for an acting class. I did kind of throw everybody off the deep end there in the in the beginning, though. I did some pretty hard. Oh, I love it though. Intense stuff. So I was hoping that it wouldn't scare anyone away, but it I, it also shows that I was just really hungry for something different. Yes. I was like, I just need I need to to do this, but it was exciting. It was exciting. So we had adult classes. I realized my own strange adultness and responsibility. We're refinancing our house. Who knew oh. that that's like a thing that people do? I learned I learned so much about being an adult this week. Refinancing our house. It had to be appraised again. It's like buying your house over again. <laughs> Did other people know this? Is this just like common knowledge? <laughs> yes. I always thought refinancing. I was like, oh, somebody going to crunch some numbers. Thank you know, some dude with God a green visor. And a, yeah, I know. Some dude <laughs> with a green visor all alone in like a closet. This goes to show like you that you have rented my entire my, life. Your entire life, yeah. Well, I never in my life was supposed to own anything. <laughs> That's <less> like <laughs> it never was supposed to be. I was always supposed to rent. I mean, come on, you don't you don't buy things. That's not fair. I know plenty of successful artists yes. that have bought things. I just was never gonna be that person. I was never gonna know enough to be able to sign those papers. That's what I felt like when we bought a car. Last year, I was like, is this something? Do I need to call my dad? Like, hey, dad, someone else should like, be here. I don't need you to sign anything, but can you just be here? If anything, I'm just going to call you and leave you on the phone in my pocket. And <laughs> if something bad happens, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prop you up and FaceTime you. Can you just be here? I need them to know that you know because they know that I don't and I don't want to get taken advantage of. Um, but it was strange also the guy that appraised our house and i haven't told you this yet was real over sherry and not like over sherry the person like poor sherry but like over he was into over sharing i almost want to ask you the name of the person because it sounds i don't know his name oh sounds like the the guy that appraised my place when i bought it it's possible i'll tell you where he's from after this and lexi probably remembers his name (laughs) i know his wife's name hmm um, because he said it a lot, as if we're old pals. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, remember Pam? Me and Pam used to. Well, you know Pam." I was like, "I don't know you. <laughs> I just want you to say that our house is worth a lot. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Let's hope it's worth more than what we originally bought it for." Oh my gosh. Well, so anyway, so this dude was, and he was here by himself for a while with Lexi, and Lexi was like, "Oh wow, yeah, it was a lot." Maybe and, that's why he was saying Pam so much. Oh, maybe I'm married. I'm married. Well, he was. He was. Older. My beautiful wife. I love my he wife. Also, just yeah. He also said a lot of other things that I won't necessarily say on here. Um, that I'll tell you later. 
about his kids that are grown and just like the choices that they decided to make. And he like told you just don't expect the guy that comes to appraise your house to say, hey, this is a time I went skinny dipping. Oh, like that's not what you expect, right? Did you share your story? No. Oh, okay. I mean, afterwards, I was like, I'm sure everybody's been skinny dipping. Well, except for Chris. Except for Chris. Everybody except for Chris. I love being clothed. <laughs> like when I jump into a pool, I wear a suit. <laughs> An actual suit. I've got one of those old, like, my- striped onesie <laughs> things that they used to put on kids. <laughs> <laughs> From the 20s. I think that that would track for you. And then also, like, you know, on Sunday, the I found out that our main water line to our house was broken. It's just like... Crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, what in the world? How did this happen? How did I get here? It's wild being an adult, a human being with responsibilities. If you could go back and tell yourself five years ago that, hey, you're going to be married, you're going to own a home, you're going to be, like, in the middle of this appraisal, you're going to have to, like, hurry up and fix this water line, but it's going to be great. You're going to be teaching junior high. Yeah. (laughs) Like, when you first, like, came back, I mean, your mind would have been blown. Like, there's no way. I... Am I living in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, I would say um, I'm going to need like a handbook for for being a, a beginner plumber. Like whatever <laughs> beginner, like mechanic, plumber, yeah. farmer. I mean, like Saturday, I spent all day on a tractor. Yeah. I sent a message to my friend. I was like, I'm on a tractor. I've been on a tractor for eight hours. <laughs> Not eight hours. It was like three, but it was like three or four hours. But I was like, I've been on a tractor for this long. Me and my dog. Yeah. Like in a pat on on my property in a pasture. It was like who 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 put me here? Like how did this happen? <laughs> this was not my life. Like I was on a train going to work not it's long like, ago. It's like you woke up one day and you were like, wait a second. Wait <laughs> one second. I am a rhinestone cowboy. That's the other thing. Like everybody on our strip, you know, I'm out there mowing the grass, yeah. listening to you know, classical music or, 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 you know, a musical or a podcast. And I'm just like this. I'm the first person that's listened to this while doing this on this road. Probably. I can guarantee you that no one else is listening to once on this Island while mowing the grass. No, hundred <laughs> percent on blue town road. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I'm sorry. That was like a really long little tangent. That's just kind of like where, where I'm, I'm where, where I'm at. Well, I, I, I will, uh, use your situation to kind of pivot into what we we have written on the board there about, especially like when you were first talking, like I'm not supposed to be the person to own a house, to have these permanent things. Oh yeah. And it sounds like you're almost devaluating your, uh, or devaluing your, your um, experience at first. And then that makes me think like, what, what was it that made you realize that what you were doing had value? Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that what I'm doing now has so much value. Yeah. Is is that your question? Yeah. Like, when did I realize that yeah. it has value? You know, it's because you're talking about your past a, experience. Yeah. And you're like, no, oh, I well, no, I couldn't, I couldn't afford this or do this or what. I mean, when it's strange, because I also know that I'm in a situation right now that even though I could not be honestly could not be in a better place and be happier in a better relationship. I mean, th- those things aren't options. I mean, yeah. I'm at like the, the absolute best, if not even more so. And I still know that past me uh, would have looked down on who I am now. 
Interesting. Because I don't, I don't have the perspective. Yeah, well, so that's I true. would have. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, and I would, I would be, you know, an actor in the city, and I would, I would think like, oh my God, like lives in Marksville, like married and takes care of the property. You know? <laughs> like that's strange. I mean, you know, you're the, digging up a water line. Yeah, I mean, like that that just doesn't teach us junior high. Like all of those things would have seemed like not a great situation. It's just interesting how incredibly wrong I was about all of that, Mm. because I know that what I'm doing now has a thousand percent more value in the world. I mean, I also never had any kind of grand aspirations of being a famous person. And I know that there are people out there that are like, Oh, I want to be absolutely famous. Yeah. The only part of me that ever wanted to be in that place or of success where people like knew that I was successful was uh, probably a, a sad part of me that just wanted to prove people wrong. Mm, yeah. Which had nothing to do with me. It, it what that doesn't do me any good. Yeah. I mean, I, it's almost like I will sacrifice my happiness to have some kind of fake success that means nothing to yeah. me, but for some reason, it makes these people think that I'm something, and that's worth what to me? Nothing. Yeah. It's the ridiculous. It's not worth anything to them either. And it's not, and they don't care. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I think as a younger person, whenever I was at the, at the beginning of pursuing it, I would see other, you know, older actors or mature actors that were in the business for a while, and I was so envious for their entire situation. Mm. Like, they had three bottles of wine. I thought they were successful. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, how'd you get all these? It's you know, $45 of that's wine. Insane. Did you spend like 15 bucks at the gas station? <laughs> like, that's crazy. I mean, I just thought my like idea of what happiness was, was just so wrong and misplaced because I wanted it to be something different than what yeah. it actually was. And I can't think of doing anything with my life right now that would have more meaning. Mm. I mean, you think about the pressure of any educator on any level. Um, I think especially for younger kids. Every single day, what you do is going to be talked about possibly when they're older. Oh, yeah. Like every single time that I have lost my patience and I have had to take like a thousand deep breaths... (laughs) (laughs) Um, and or that I accidentally say something that was rude you know and just like that I should have just been like why did I why did I say that they're you know this is a kid and it didn't serve them and they may not necessarily like register with them but I feel terrible about it and it's because you have such an influential power over Mm -hmm. this child's future I mean that's a lot and it's a lot of kids and that's a lot of pressure for an educator. And I just, I don't, I don't know how people in any other subject than what I do, do it every day. I really don't. I mean, yeah. if I didn't, because I at least get to talk to the kids about their feelings and their emotions. Yeah, that's and true. Like how that translates into the way that they express them on paper or in performance or, you know, with an instrument. And that's more or less just meeting the kid where they are. Yeah. Which I know that other subjects are the same. But in in that way, that you should always meet a child where they are 
and go from there instead of trying to force them into something else, into a box that they should be in. But that is very difficult to do when you're teaching something that is more objective like math yeah that is definitely hard you have 30 kids there like like, i can't you know how do you how do you do it i do feel for you know people that are teaching period in all subjects it was also very sad for me the other day as a 33 year old man to go in i was like going into uh drop off these seventh graders back in their homeroom class and they had some math problems on the board and i looked at it and i was like i don't think i know how to do math problems (laughs) And they were like, Mr. Cody, can you solve for the Y slope intercept? And I was like, no, nope. (laughs) I can't. I know. They were like, what's a graph? I was like, I know what a graph is. And they were trying to teach me how to do it. They thought it was hilarious. I was like, this is not fair. I signed up for a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in acting. (laughs) A BFA. Do not have a, a BFM. Bachelor of Fine Math. I don't know what they... Yeah. I don't even know what it is. A Bachelor of Science? Nobody A knows. BS? There's no way to know. But still, they just thought it was hilarious. It was like, this is not what I... We'll, we'll talk about art stuff. Yeah. I'm good. And they were like, see, we... And then it was actually kind of bad, and I felt bad for their teacher. They were like, we told you. We don't need it. Look how old he is. He's never used it. It was like, I'm in a very different field. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in a very different field. You are technically their educator. I know. My gosh. It's terrible. So I'm really sorry to, you know, my entire administration. <laughs> Please don't fire me. Um, but I do know kind of now how to solve for the Y slope intercept. The seventh graders taught me. So that's nice. To be fair, like when we were in high school, our last two years, we had those uh, calculators that would do all of that. That's for true. Us. They did every single thing. Also, it's been, you know, 15 years since I took a math yeah. class, which is what I said <laughs> over and over again doesn't matter i could do addition and reverse math you mean subtraction (laughs) yes yes um is that what you're calling it these days pinpoint an actual moment where i i was like this what i am doing has value um it's easy to think about that with firsts Mm -hmm. but it's also a lot easier to to just think about whenever you run into a, a a kid at a grocery store or you run into somebody at a, at a restaurant, which doesn't really happen very much anymore. Um, well, or I get an unsolicited text message from a parent or like a grandmother that got my phone number from somebody and they're like, Hey, you know, our child or my, um, my son or daughter or whoever it is. Um, I feel like I just had a Celine Dion moment where she goes, this song goes out to all of the, the mothers and fathers and children everywhere. And it's like, so everyone. <laughs> you really just mean, you just covered all the bases there. The mothers, the sons, the grandfathers, the grandfathers. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but whenever you get something like that and it just says like, hey, thank you for what you did. This is how much it meant to me. And to our family. Mm. And th- then, and also just knowing that we are providing a place for a population of kids that have nowhere else that yeah. they can be who they are or feel comfortable and that they're excited to walk into the room. I mean, like, it sounds a little weird, but having kids walk into my room and talk about, like, oh my gosh, it feels so nice to be in here. It's an amazing mm. feeling. Yeah. Because you just know that you've created an environment that, 
they feel okay in it, especially right now. That is a huge deal, I mm-hmm. think. And, um, you know, when the kids show up even at the Fox for acting class and they're just so excited to get through the door, it's just, it's awesome. It's an awesome, awesome feeling. Yeah. So I know that what we do has value, no matter how hard it is. I also think that sometimes, you know, when something is hard, it almost makes you realize that it is valuable because you wouldn't keep doing it if it wasn't. Yes. Did I actually answer any part of that question? Who knows? (laughs) I mean, when we're, I don't even remember what I asked you when we're, when we're, when we're playing it back, we'll find out. We'll listen to this and be like, (laughs) man, please somebody just save that. But no, it is one of those things. And I I do appreciate that. The first thing that you had said there was, um, we want to make sure that they feel comfortable because, I know a lot of times, especially when we go to rehearsal or things like that, uh, or even, you know, coming in here and doing a podcast, we bring that baggage of what happened in the day. Yeah. But like, I look forward to this every week. Right. And, and to have those kids walk in there to even your classroom or even to the the camps and the, and the programs that you guys mm-hmm. provide at the Fox, to have them drop all of their baggage too. I mean, it's easy to forget that kids have baggage the same as, you know, adults do. Yeah, it's hard to think that they have any kind of problems because they don't have to worry about where their food is coming from, Mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, not saying that that's everybody's case, but... They're not out digging up water lines, worrying about the, you know, (laughs) their house being reappraised. Upset about their water pressure. Yeah. So, like, and and it's just easy to forget about them having their sets of problems and then for them to also leave that at the door and be like, this is a place of comfort for us. I'm very excited to be here today. Mm -hmm. So... I think that that's really awesome that that's the first thing that, you know, you had kind of talked about there. I mean, it's a great feeling. That is a really good feeling. Mm-hmm. And I try to make sure that whenever people come to our acting class, too, it's the same thing. That's why sometimes I think people wonder why I spend a little bit extra time in the very beginning just getting everybody comfortable. Yeah. But I don't think people realize or it's hard to understand how valuable that is. Yeah. Because if I, I feel like. Maybe I should just do it one time and just really show everybody how bad it is. But you just you don't want to walk into an acting class and immediately you're up there trying to do something. You're not in a place that you're ready to be someone else. Yeah. Or to feel someone else's feelings if you can't shake your own. Yeah. And if you're not like reacquainting yourself with the space that you're in and just having a moment to breathe Mm -hmm. is so important. So important. I don't know. What about you? Oh, like when did I find value in what I was doing? Yeah. See, I'm not in the same position as you, and I'm not like necessarily as outgoing as far as like talking to people as say you are. But it's it's very I mean like rare. But you know sometimes some of these younger kids that you know we've done these shows with will come up to me uh, later on, or maybe we've done another show, and then they'll come up and be like oh, I loved you in this and I loved you in that. And it was like, you know, we look up to you and it's like, what are you looking up to me for? Like, I, I would yeah. I would barely say that I know what I'm doing, <laughs> much less, you know, uh, having somebody kind of like look up to you or look forward to seeing you perform in something. And that to me, it, it just like put the weight and the gravity on what I was doing, mm-hmm. like uh, to, to bring excellence to it and that, you know, people can look at you no matter how big you feel, how, how important you feel in life that you can inspire people. And then it was, it just made me think like, this is, you know, not that I'm bigger than this, but that 
what we do and how we carry ourselves on stage, off stage, being a, a positive presence all the time, that's the value. Making sure that when people work with us, that it's a fun time, that they have a great time and that they want to come back for more. Like, yeah. oh, wow, we had a great time working on the show. Hope to work with you in the future. And you know, I think it's easy to hear great time also. Mm -hmm. didn't want to like break up your rhythm right there. But it's important to know that great time doesn't mean that we just showed up and we laughed the whole time. Yeah. And it was just, you know, like happy go lucky. Yeah. It, it means like we showed up and we did the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever it was, if it was dramatic or what, but we we did it and we th we think that what we did was great. Yeah. It's not necessarily that we were just showing up and goofing around the whole time. Yeah. I think some people I think sometimes it's easy to hear that and be like, "Oh, it's just they're just having they're just goofing off." Yes, but we also put in a lot of it's work like, too. No, it is really serious and I think sometimes that people get lost and they're like, "Oh, we just want to make sure that everybody is having the most fun possible. Like, sure, <laughs> you want everybody to have fun and you want it to be real, but you can't just have fun. Yeah. Or else we can all meet up anywhere. Yeah. And hang out and have fun. But like you're there for a reason and it's to tell the story. Yes. And I think that when you translate, you know, fun into how awesome is it that we told that story in this amazing way? And everybody just killed it. Yeah. Even though you weren't expecting it, that you were able to to really embody this character and to deliver a performance that other people are talking about. Yes. And that they're impressed with you and that you have you're impressed with yourself, which mm -hmm. is another very powerful thing. Um, you know, Lexi talks about in conscious discipline, which is this really great form of teaching um, where you don't necessarily. uh I mean, it's 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 a very it's it's really it's really really great. You, it, it's one of those things where you don't tell people good job. Oh and yeah, it's strange, but you don't say like good job you or I'm proud of you. You say you should be proud of yourself mm. for that, which I know is like odd. Give, like, give why someone the power of adulation on themselves. Yes. Yeah, you it's it's positive affirmation. Yeah, you did this. And that is why you should feel good about it. Mm. You don't need to find seek praise from me. You should seek praise from yourself. You should do this for you. As you're saying me. this, I realize she does it <laughs> always all the time. says that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because you have to just, it is very difficult. It's very difficult to, to do. It's also like emotional awareness. Yeah. So you're upset. Why are you upset? Oh, I hear you and I understand. Because I have been upset before as well. Yeah. And I have been angry. But what you are doing is that right? And then yeah. just like, you know, it's the conscious element of it. It's like, just do, you, making do you want answers or do you want to feel better? Exactly. M giving people the power to realize that they are in control. Yeah. And they're in control of their emotions and how they express them. Yeah. And with kids, it's a huge thing. It really is. Mm -hmm. Even just she teaches these trainings at her schools in, in the district, but also like just overhearing her and listening to some podcasts and stuff. It has helped me so much in understanding how to deal with, you know, sometimes very volatile situations with kids. But I think also in adults, too, it is yeah. very wild. Just, you know, you see people like I know, like some people do things and it's because they just really want to hear one of their parents say that they're proud of them. Yeah. Like I did this and and 
even though I may not admit it, really, I just want my mom and dad to say that they're proud and for them to mean it. Yeah. Or, you know, like I have done theater my entire life, my whole life um, that I my like, you know, conscious life, I guess. And my grandfather has never seen me perform. Yeah. And he's been around for all of it. I mean, he's still around. Mm -hmm. But I know that no matter what show it is, he's not going to come. Yeah. And like, what would that mean to me if he came to a play? Oh, you'd, 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 you'd be a whole bag of tears. You'd just be be crying. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not getting any more or any less value from him being there or not being there. Yeah. But still I have this like need. And it's, it's weird too, because he's like, Oh, I'm just real proud of you for doing all this stuff. And like, all right, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, there's been some time to see you to be out there once there's been some times where you could. Okay. Yeah. All right. And there's always an excuse. And I mean, look, if you don't want to come, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm just, just in, as an example, I mean, that would mean a lot to me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give me any more or any less value. Yeah. And so I just, I think that people need to, you know, feel good about that. I mean, it's like this adult acting class. I'm so impressed with everybody that wanted to take it because even though like, you know, in reality, possibly nobody there is going to be a professional actor tomorrow, you know, (laughs) or after they take this class. But what I love about it is it shows that people in our community are having a great time. Yeah. Being an actor. And they want to do a better job in our theater. Yeah. And that's what I th- I'm like, don't you want the theater in your communities to be better? And I think p- sometimes when people say, oh, I'm going to take a class that it is. Oh, no, that that if I take a class, that means that I know less than you do. And I don't want to admit that. And so now I'm having oh, to like God. claim my ignorance or whatever. Yeah. Where in reality, like I would take a class from anybody I like I mean I will yeah. take a class <laughs> I may not learn anything necessarily <laughs> from what you have to say but I mean I would take it because I always want to be better because just like anything else an athlete is always training yes they're always training but for some reason people I think in smaller communities like in in theater they're like oh well, this is just a good time it's like yes but it could be amazing yes and that's one thing I'm just I hope that everybody who's doing this really does feel proud of themselves for giving themselves the opportunity to step outside of the box and try something that is, you know, scary. It's scary to be an adult and be vulnerable and feel things in front of people and be weird. I mean, like like kids doing some of the uh, movement exercises and and that are basically like icebreakers and things that you were kind of like getting us to do, like let go of your inhibitions, basically. Uh, like it, well, let's be kids clear. Do that. I was not making anybody run around like a giraffe. Well, okay, that's that's true. But <laughs> just want you, like, that to be known. Kids give themselves <laughs> over to that very easily, and yeah. it's easy to see adults be more guarded about it. Well, a a child's um, ability to accept and and want to play and have fun is so much easier and yeah. accessible than an adult. You think about all the things that you have to let go of before you can even do that. And then when you do, you're constantly worried about what you look like and what other people are thinking about you. And I just it's kind of like you see sometimes when you're walking around in public and you just man, you you see someone and you realize that you have never been cool. 
<laughs> or at least yes. like not in the sense that like this person. I think that everywhere cool, I go, yeah. But just like I have never tried that hard to look so over something, yeah, in my life. <laughs> like, why did you even go out to eat with these people? Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. Or you're like at the grocery store, and it's like, do you? Th- no one cares what you're doing. Yeah, unless you're screaming. You know, that's one of those like adolescent mentality things that most people you would think would grow out of it. Uh, but I know that a lot of people don't where you're like thinking that everyone is looking at you and it is. What's that no, syndrome? No. It's it's like Omni. Um, it's something that children have where they basically believe that they are the equivalent of a god. Oh, where they're like the center of it's the like universe type of deal. Omnipresence um, or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that where syndrome. they. Yeah, they, they like, just. Oh, well, I wanted to eat. Yeah. And eating came to me yes <laughs> it's amazing isn't it and i wanted to sleep i have slept yeah like i'm i am a god yeah like, <laughs> it's like well mm. and then you realize slow, slowly oh i did this and this and people are doing this for me yeah to help me and but i think you would hope people that lose but i don't know if perspective yeah. i don't know if people really grow out of that to yeah. have that sort of self-absorbed uh universe revolves around me you know so i also will say about the value thing this is just kind of like a, a bigger idea than what i was initially thinking whatever i was thinking about it earlier is that you know the value i feel like that i get that i know that this has value and i notice this now what i was saying earlier was all about what i have heard other people say about what I do. Oh, and yeah, how that's true. They think it has value, but not necessarily like I, I am did the now, same thing. Yeah, I am doing I, I'm saying that. This, yeah, you did like what we do has value because people tell us it does. Yeah. And oh, well, we see that you're enjoying this. It has value. This has changed you in some way. It has value. <laughs> but neither wow. of us talked about it, what it actually was for us. So what is it for you? That is I maybe I don't know the answer to it which is sad that I've made it this far. I mean, I think on some kind of selfish level, it has value because it gives me a place. Yeah. And significance. Yeah. Which is a lot to admit, which, probably. You know, sometimes we talk about this too, about how we get to that week before the show opens and we're just, all right, I'm ready to do the freaking show already. Yeah. And then it's not until that first night, that first applause or that first like nervous energy you get from being on stage that you're like, this is this is what I always wanted. I hope this Mm -hmm. never ends. It's like, I don't know how to. Yeah, it's it's that it's similar to kind of like what you're talking about there, like we're getting that. That value from other people, the validation from the audience. Affirmation. Yeah. I mean, I know making others happy or, you know, being able to tell a good story is awesome. And the only way that I know that I've done a good job is based off of what other people say. Yeah. And I have done nothing for the past, you know, 15, 16 years, but seek others approval Mm -hmm. in this business because every single audition or job interview, whatever you want to call it that I went on, I was wanting someone to enjoy what I was doing enough to give me a job. Yes. <laughs> like, you know what's crazy? I need this job. Is Please, I, heard, I will be whoever you want me to be. I need this job. I heard um, Brian Cranston talk about this on a podcast here recently about how stop 
showing up to auditions and thinking that uh, you're 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 hoping to get a job. Be like, I'm here to do a job. Yeah. And here's my skill set. Here's what I offer for this job. Which I thought that's eh, easy to say it's, when you're very successful. Very <laughs> and it's hard to get that perspective also. And yeah. then also just like to then follow through with it is mm-hmm. very difficult. But you think like people in our industry in this business, even on a community level, you're sh- constantly showing up and hoping that people like you. Yeah. And that's the complete wrong way to think about it because it has nothing to do with you most times. No. I, yeah. I mean, sure, I have cast people before in a show because I know that they are the most fun person to have in a cast. That yeah. if they are there, that they are going to make everything positive and easy and that people enjoy them being around and maybe they're not the most talented, but I know that they're such a good person and that that Thank in you itself that. is... Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and that that in itself is its own insanely valuable asset to what we need. Mm-hmm. But... And because bottom line, if somebody's a jerk, it's going to be very difficult. For, they're going to have to do more than just blow me away with yes. their talent to get in the show. I, I mean, I just it's going to be hard for me to cast them. Yeah. And I I just. Man. I had such it was a train of thought that was that was going somewhere. It really was. Yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> But it isn't personal. <laughs> it isn't personal when you don't get cast in I something. I hate it whenever I do that. Ah, you it just like went off the rails. I started thinking about someone, and I almost said their name, and I had to stop myself, and I completely lost everything yeah. when I did that. I was yeah. like, oh, wait, pump the brakes. You don't want to. <laughs> people are going to know who this is. Can't do that. But you're not getting that. The whole thing is that you are already like, I'm not casting you as a person. I'm casting you and your talent as far as how it fits in the show. Yeah. Doesn't have to mean that I don't want to go have a drink with you after auditions. Yeah. Or, you know, go for a walk. I don't know what other yeah. people do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just when when you're, col- when color a SpongeBob color. Or something. <laughs> um, it doesn't mean I don't want to hang out. It just means that maybe you weren't right for this particular show. But, you know, in a small community, the politics that go into even casting a show is ridiculous. Yeah. Because you have people that are like, you know, the diehard community people that have put in the work or whatever and and maybe they're not right for something, but yeah. you know that if you don't cast them that they'll never work with you again because they're going to be personally offended. I just maybe I've just never had that Man, I'm so sorry that I have just like looped us through the most higgledy piggledy thing in the world. <laughs> It's just kind of all over the place. But you know, I just I've so never I apologized for no, the, all, all of the all of the topics <laughs> the cuts we're making. Yeah, here's a 15 minute episode this I'm week. So um, no, I've just never had that perspective, I, and I and I don't know if it's this like if I never thought I was good enough, or maybe I'm just happy to be working, or maybe I just have a different perspective than other people. Like if I never got like, if you didn't cast me in a show, I would never take it personally. I'd be like, okay, I just didn't fit in the show. And I, I, I just, I've never understood that whole, Oh, I didn't get the role I wanted or, or I didn't get cast in the show. So I'm not working with them. It's like, what do you love to do this? Or do you not well, love to do this? It is 
kind of what we were talking about earlier in the value thing of of insecurity. Like yeah. clearly they they are they're getting their value from getting the the show or not. And yeah, I mean, I I have only auditioned for <laughs> a couple of shows that I actually didn't really want to be in, but I was just auditioning for because it's like, all right, I've got to audition. You mean when you did that Squidward thing? <laughs> Plankton, I'm not doing this again. Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever it was. You're not gonna sucker me into doing a bad impersonation. <laughs> SpongeBob. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that. Oh my goodness gracious. Ty Cedars is messaging me. See how long it takes him to send us a text about me saying his name in this podcast. And then we'll know how behind he is. Oh, yes. Episodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I would say that I guess I find I find value in this in that it gives me a sense of community and that I like I can go into a space and feel like people want me there. Yeah. I think that. That is a, a very big thing of feeling value. Yeah. That I can go in and be like, hey, everyone in this room, for the most part, just <laughs> <laughs> say we'll be generous and go 75, 80, 80% of the people here are happy that I am here right now and appreciate that fact. Yeah. And, you know, that is, that's a big, th- that's a big thing for me, I guess, is just like the, the knowledge that people appreciate the fact that I, and there. Yeah. I I don't I, it's a very difficult thing. I wasn't expecting to try to have some kind of huge life moment in finding this value. Um what what else what else is over there? On, on the board, little, you mean? On your little trick tricky. Uh, you know, you've got here um Is it just a whole mess of things? Is per, is performing enough and I think that that since we both find the value in what others say about us yeah, it is. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I will say that I used to think that theater was all that I ever needed. Mm. And that's kind of, I think, where I was going with that is performing enough. Like, is it enough just to perform? And in a sense, that's where I get my value from. Yeah. Of, of uh, I'm on stage and I'm doing this thing and that gives me what I need to keep going forward. And that's all I need. And I used to think that's probably all I needed was just a, a place to perform and for people to enjoy it. Yeah. Hopefully. I don't think that's enough for me anymore. And it's I don't know if that's come with age or if I have just drastically changed as a human being. I think it's I think it's definitely the growth thing because you know, when you guys started, you know, safely doing these uh children's camp things on Wednesday evenings at the uh at the Fox down there, that you would you would come home late and you were like, do we used to do this almost five days a week all the time? I can't imagine continuing to do this every single night. I mean, I, I was thinking about that. It was like I left the house at 630 this morning and I got home at 915, something like that. Yeah. At night. And I used to do that every day. Yeah. It's wild to me. I mean, not saying that that it was bad. I mean, I was real. I really enjoyed that, but it has given me the perspective of being like, I'm gonna say no. Yeah. <laughs> and looking at 
whenever I, I was kind of thinking, you know, okay, the vaccine's coming out and um, I'm really excited. I don't think I told you, but I'm getting my vaccine in the morning. How dare you? So uh, super excited about that. And I think that they've moved us into phase three. Yeah, I think as of today, we've moved into phase three. You know what makes no sense to me, though, is that every day I get a message from LDH, from the Louisiana Department of Health, that says that there are 1,500 new cases and that there are like hmm. so many deaths every day. It's like always the same in the thousands. But how are we moving into exactly. a it's new like phase? Exactly. It's like nothing is really changing. Yeah. I guess just like enough people are getting vaccinated. And it's also kind of like how people were saying, oh, by April, we're going to have herd immunity. And then Biden was like, oh, things are really it's going to be Christmas. And then Fauci was like, next Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, just, who's throwing the dart at the board? <laughs> I mean, when you just have like randomly, let's, well, I'm, I'm going to throw the softball. Yeah. We're just going to get worse and worse and worse. I think I, just whatever happens, happens. I don't know that anyone, you know, in concrete knows. I think we're all just really hopeful. Like, oh, look, 2020 was bad and now we have a vaccine. So hopefully 2021 will be better than yeah. the previous year. Well, all that to say, I was looking at all of those things and thinking, you know what? We might actually get to perform again. And I'm so excited about that. that yeah. I'm terrified at because I know myself. That I'm just going to be like, <laughs> we are doing everything. Yeah. And we're going to be out there every day. And we're, we're doing a show a month. Smearing theater in everybody's faces on the streets. It's going to be crazy. And no, you have Lexi to balance you out. Yeah. And then, and of course, Lexi's like, well, okay. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's just think about where we're at. Yeah. And so I just. You, you know, I also just the, the thought of never knowing what it is that we're supposed to do at any point in time mm -hmm. ever again, seems like for the rest of our lives. Um, there's a, a theater in Lafayette that's doing a production right now. And I saw their pictures and they're like, they've got actors wearing masks on stage. They have a socially distant audience. They, um, you know, and also theater Baton Rouge TBR is doing stuff. Mm. And. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, am I supposed to have been doing shows and how are they affording it? I mean, yeah. I just like, how do you pay the rights for a production knowing that you're only going to have 20 people in your audience? Maybe like, how do you, I, I don't understand. Like, am I doing something wrong? Have Maybe. I, did I not <laughs> see a particular form somewhere that just says, Hey, you don't have to pay rights for shows anymore or like, yeah. hey, you can just, you know, charge whatever you want for a ticket or there's some kind of weird PPP loan that I didn't see. Like, what are people doing? <laughs> How are they doing this? What's crazy is, you know, seeing all of that and like we have a To Kill a Mockingbird basically at bat for us. <laughs> and it's the slowest swing in the world. Yeah. I, and <laughs> I, like I just think bunt. like it's really what we're at. We, we're, we're swinging I, for first base. And maybe it's my arrogance where it's like, no, I want to do this in front of as many people as possible because yeah, this is too. such an important story. I, I think that everybody that can and, and that, you know, wants to feel safe and wants to get out and go see theater again. I want them to all have that opportunity and I don't want them to have to be hindered by like, 
hey, look, we only have space enough for 12 people to see the show tonight. Well, I know, and I thought about that. I was like, do we just perform this one play somewhere that lets us do it for the next three months? <laughs> just be like, we're going to go 10 people. A, we're going to do 10 people a, a, a night. The rights alone would be so expensive. How do you do it? That's why I'm. That's why I'm thinking like people are just. They can't be doing things the right way. They just can't be. <laughs> I'm not saying that these other that this company in Lafayette and TBR are doing. I mean, maybe that I'm saying that. I I don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying that I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and I have no idea how other people are figuring it out. And maybe it's more of a jealousy thing for me. I just don't. Maybe I'm I'm sad that I'm not innovative enough to figure this out. Yeah. And I feel like I'm a pretty creative guy and that I've always found a way to figure these to figure out what road to take. And I I'm I'm been sitting at this stop sign for eight months. Yeah. I do know that when, when they first More than eight months. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, it's all it's right out a year now. Um I do know that when this first happened last March actually, you were reeling pretty badly that day. Yeah, no, I am. Well, this this time last year, I was actually going into tech for our children's theater production of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so, that's true. And then a, uh, the weekend after that is when everybody got sent home. And we were like, oh, well, I guess it's a good thing that we happen to have some Lysol at the house so we that's, can Lysol our groceries. <laughs> right. That's going to pop up on our memories, the table read picture. And I'm just going to be like I'm so nice. heartbroken. It's going to hurt a lot. Yeah. It's going to hurt a lot. I I also feel like I've kind of like failed on the social media game. I turned our play on theater Instagram into a scene partner's Instagram. <laughs> I've just <laughs> just like should have just created another account. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. You Yeah. I mean, you manage a lot of Instagram accounts. It's there. true. But still, I just it's so hard to know what it is that we're supposed to be doing. But this is like a satellite of play on. So. Well, yeah, but still, I just don't know. No, I wish to... that maybe maybe there is someone at any of these theater companies or that's in this area, those areas in like Lafayette or Baton Rouge or wherever it is that you're in theater that is listening to this and they will send me an email being like, look, this is what we are doing. I'll be like, thank you. I will now be doing this. <laughs> right. You have now answered all of my questions. Yeah. Like I have been on the fence like, how do you release a season right now? I don't know. How do you do that? That's basically like me saying, hey, everybody, we still want to do shows. We said we were going to do these shows last year. We still want to do them because they're great, amazing shows. Um, we reserve the dates at the theater. Crossing our fingers. See ya. <laughs> Why? Why did? Why do I even do that? <laughs> like, just to let people know that we're still around. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. Am I gonna sell advanced tickets to this? No. Yeah. Oh my god. A digital tickets, and then it's so weird because it's like you're performing for no one. That's like I would be terrified that I would like pre-sell tickets to any like like a season ticket, say, and then basically have to contact the subscriber and say, Hey, look, our entire season has been canceled. As you know, we will be doing audiobook readings that we're going to mail to you through the actual mail. <laughs> like we're sending a zip drive. Here's a thumb drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's worst nightmare scenario right there. Uh, 
Speaking of though, I um I haven't finished Mr. Burns yet, but I am really excited about this play. And I think that you had given out some monologues from that for the acting class. I did. I, yeah. uh, well, no, 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 wait, no, I want to. Okay. Um, I'm looking at it for monologues. It's, it's strange because it's a post-apocalyptic play and it is it's not strange at all. That's the times we're living in. No. Yeah. No, I, it, all of it is insanely relevant, but it's very conversational mm-hmm. and I cannot give somebody a story monologue. So they yeah. like, they, they, there's a lot of dialogue back and forth and then someone will tell a story like a memory. Yeah. And you, you can't give somebody a story. If, if you have a monologue that you are wanting to do and you are telling a story to someone, don't do that monologue. Like there's my advice. If you haven't gained anything from whatever garbage I've said this evening, (laughs) do not do a story (laughs) monologue. That's your, that's what you have learned. Yeah. All of this. But I, so I'm just I'm trying to figure out what I like where it is where because I know there is one in there that would be so good yeah so but I want to do a reading of Mr. Burns because it's so relevant yeah right now for sure but I don't know I mean I th- almost feel like we should just do the reading and not charge for it and put it up yeah I even thought like we could do it record the audio, put the audio up and then also like put up a, a, like to actually stream it. Yeah. I was like, what would it be like to record it? Like readers theater, like an old radio play. And Ooh, then that'd be a lot of fun. Put up the actual like video footage of it and release just the audio. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we could do that. Like, am I going to get sued? Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, that would have to be, we would have to look into like the IP rights and things like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's a thing. Like, who's the person that knows these things? Google knows these things. Well, we're going to get the answer to it in an ad. Yeah. And this is all over because I've talked about it so much. <laughs> YouTube and everybody else will strike it down for <laughs> be like infringement. Yeah. Rules to royalties. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like steal anyone's intellectual property. And we work so hard to make sure that everybody gets paid what they deserve and what they're supposed to be, that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. I'll put that out there. There's our our little, like, the more you know segment. But it is hard right now. Like, how how is anybody making money? Lord, what did you do to me? You sent me down this dark path. I've questioned who I am as a human, where I find value. I'm just asking you some value I've questions, man. I've spiraled down this weird COVID drain of theater. <laughs> Jeez. Why? Why? Uh, I mean, you know, we, we need to cheer you up before we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what would cheer me up? It would cheer me up to, to know that everything is going to be okay. Well, do you want solutions or do you want everything to just be okay listen sometimes i just need you to tell me that joke you promised me in that 10 minute episode that i recorded that joke yeah you remember it's uh it's that joke that i was gonna tell and then i said i wasn't gonna tell but now i'm just acting like it was your joke yeah yeah i don't know that i have very many laffy taffy jokes left in the uh in the chamber there <laughs> Um, how many, how many theater technicians does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> I don't know how many. One and a hundred others to say how they could have done it better. Yep. 
Oh, yep. How many actors does it take to screw in a light bulb? None. All of them. Oh, <laughs> they need the technician they to do it for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the actual joke. I, there is, there is. I do remember reading like fifty of these screw in a light bulb monologues with only theater thing. We we should just say goodbye to the people. Okay. Let's just say goodbye. That that that. And was... I'm gonna actually look up something to say that'll make people laugh at the end of this. Because <laughs> clearly that's just not where I am right now. So just say goodbye. Well, everyone, that uh, that was Cody. And that used to be Chris. Daphnopolis. at the door i just moved in this chair oh that was your chair yeah this is an old chair man that sounded like every bone in your body just cracked it's an old chair this chair's older than me what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs>